Coming up on this episode of Don't Panic, we've got all the technology news you can use, including the new Nintendo Switch. Is it a tablet or is it a console? Hey, why can't it be both? We also talk about AT&T and Time Warner getting smashed together in a mega merger for the ages, and we preview next week's Apple event. All that and what we did this weekend coming up on this exciting edition of Don't Panic. This is Don't Panic, episode number 146, recorded October 24th, 2016, on the Switch, the surface, and the state of media. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this episode of Don't Panic, the technology podcast where Sean forgot to set up the cameras, uh, so he'll do it while he's talking. Uh, I'm Sean Jennings, and I'm joined as always. (laughs) By uh, one guy who drinks blood and sand, and the other guy who uh, I don't know what he's drinking. It's Colby Revenue and Dan Miller. Hello. Hey, what's going on, guys? Not much. I'm I'm as has become the weekly ritual. I'm restarting the chat, but <laughs> you know, I I have to say, I give you, and I'll give you both credit. You guys are very ambitious, and you always you, you don't take the easy way out. You always say, "How can we build it bigger? Build it better? Build it ourselves?" Um, I think I think the actual problem is that, that we're really lazy. So like we like build these crappy things and never <laughs> and never take the time to fix them. Which yeah, is I was gonna say, Sean. Te- clearly, you haven't worked with engineers before. No, <laughs> I, I, and that's on purpose, Dan. That is <laughs> that is intentional. So I have a question for you, Sean. Sure. <laughs> oh no 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 no! The only reason I say nervous. that is because both of my monitors have completely frozen. Oh, and I know every, cool. I know everything is working. It is because but I, you I, just can't see us move. I can't. Everything is completely frozen, and I can my cursor moves, and okay. I can click, but nothing happens. So keep talking, and, we'll and nobody just... explodes. Uh, we made a we made a little wager in the last episode. Oh, I knew you were gonna. You son of a bitch! I knew you were gonna bring this up. <laughs> I feel so Whoa, guilty. What about our family rating? I've got it. <laughs> I know that went years ago, Dan. I got to be honest with you, and I feel so bad. I got to the end of the weekend and had totally forgotten about it. It was not on purpose, not by any stretch, but I completely forgot. Sorry, I did watch. You know what I did see this weekend? What did you watch? Ba- based on Colby's kind of semi endorsement, <laughs> semi endorsement. Well, because I remember correctly, he it's liked okay, it. Okay, Colby Avenue. Yeah, actually, um, was um. <laughs> The uh, Lonely Island Andy Samberg film Pop Star from the summer, <laughs> yeah. which Colby, if I remember correctly, thought was good. Yeah, I enjoyed it. He enjoyed what it. Yes, I also enjoyed it. Actually, it was pretty. I feel like I would have gotten annoyed if I'd paid to see it in theaters. Uh huh. But paying half as much to to stream it at home was pretty was pretty legit. So I was happy I think about that's that. That's fair. Um, I I. I think there, there was a real possibility that I would have seen it, seen it in theaters if I didn't have the movie in my movie li- draft lineup, but uh, I did. So I <laughs> you got you got to yeah, stack the extra box motivation. There. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. No one no one's gonna fault you for that. Um. So no, I didn't get to see it, but this weekend I promise. Because I, I actually now that everybody on the internet is blowing up about it. Oh really? About Westworld. Oh, about no. Oh, sorry, we, so, <laughs> I know I'm jumping I thought, around. I thought you meant the Andy Sandberg movie. No, that was long forgotten. No, um, people were really, <laughs> really psyched up about the uh, about uh, Westworld. So, and I, I, I and now I'm worried about spoilers. So, mm. I haven't watched the most recent episode yet. Uh, I 
I'm not going to lie. The reason why I was a couple minutes late tonight is because I was watching the most recent episode. <laughs> and it is by far the best episode they've done so far. Mm. It was amazing. So I'm tuning in at the right time. Yes. Okay, good. <laughs> good. Then I'll... Because then, was it three episodes now? This is the fourth episode came out yesterday. Okay, good. So that's not that's not too bad in terms of catching yeah, yeah, up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're not too behind the zeitgeist. No. Well, I someone someone at work today. We were talking about music, and I was talking about my love of '70s soft rock, and mm-hmm. and and a coworker of mine described me in the best way I've ever heard, which is that I was um, born a couple decades too late. <laughs> and I said, "Yeah, that's about that's about accurate." That I just missed the boat entirely. So <laughs> that's kids these days. Um, so by the way, before we get to this week's banter, we are successfully in near HD streaming on both twitch.tv slash don't panic show and facebook.com slash don't panic show. Wow. We're simul streaming. That's you a word I've some, never even heard some, before. Is, isn't some that exciting? robust tubes. I do. I'm actually very impressed. And we're getting really good yeah. um, on... If you're really concerned about our bitrate and our quality, we're actually higher quality on Twitch, FYI. Not, I doubt you'll see the difference, but we look really good on Twitch. We look good on Facebook, too. So, of course, if you're watching live, make sure you comment along. Monday nights, 10 p.m. Eastern is when we do it. Um, so, guys, I know we all did exciting things this weekend. And I want you to spare no detail because when people tune into this program, they tune in <laughs> to hear what we did this weekend. Who wants to? Does someone want? Wow! Wait, 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 wait! Yeah. Where is this coming from? I'm just curious. Yeah. I'm just asking. We're 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 hanging okay. out here. I'm just. I'm it just, sounds suspicious. It's, it sounds like the part of the movie where like <laughs> this is a setup. The bar and someone asks you like someone asks the main character that question and they're actually like part of the FBI and they're just like <laughs> getting to know them so that they can get this incriminating evidence. Dan, I I got to be honest with you. We've done 145 of these. I feel like I've asked you what you did this weekend on easily 30 percent of them. <laughs> That's true. We should just have a mini podcast where we just recount what happened in our weekend. Or we could just be like normal people and just text each other and just be like, hey, what'd you do this That's weekend? That's true. Um, yeah. Except this is scheduled on the calendar every week. Like, <laughs> hey, if you don't want to talk about what you did this weekend, I, by all means, you're, you are completely entitled to your privacy. I went to Washington, D.C. I hung out with some friends. I saw some monuments. Yeah. That's I a, put wh- my foot on one of the monuments. I don't the, think you're allowed to do that. One. You no. are allowed to do that now. Last time I was in D.C., the, the Washington Monument was all uh, cordoned off. You couldn't go up to it because an earthquake um, had, like, uh, destabilized it. But now you can you can walk right up to it. So what was uh, your favorite monument? Okay, well, here – and, Sean, I feel like you would appreciate this. Uh-huh. My, by far, the highlight of the trip, seeing friends was great, you know, hanging out with them, whatever. The Postal Museum. Oh, I've always wanted to go mm-hmm. to the Postal Museum. Have you? Because – because it's amazing. It really is. That's what I hear. It's a, so it's this beautiful building, and there's absolutely no one inside of it. Like, the Air and Space Museum, forget about it. It was, yeah. like, a, it was like Times Square. Postal Museum, no one was in it. And, they, he, and what they have, they have, they must have the world's best stamp collection, which doesn't sound that exciting. <laughs> but but you can, you'll pull out. So they have just walls of these drawers that you slide out and they're like sheets of glass you slide out and then a light like flicks on and it shows you the ultra rare stamps in them and there it's like oh this is like 
the only stamp in the world that happened to have like the blue part of it printed upside down, uh, <laughs> and it's worth like millions of dollars. And then you, like they have uh, stamps from countries that don't exist anymore, stamps from different wars where wars would have their own stamps. Like the United States Army had its own stamp from World War II. It was crazy. Uh, so many stamps. I don't know. I was. I guess part of it was because I had such low expectations, but part of I was the one who suggested going there because how many people have been to the Stamp Museum? Uh, so if you're ever in D.C. and you want something really crazy, I feel like every city has like a natural history museum and a, you know a science museum, and yeah, the Smithsonian versions of that are probably the best, but they're not unlike anything you've seen. Whereas the the Postal Museum is pretty crazy. They had, they had, and tell me if this is not something you've always wanted to do. You know when you receive a package in the mail mm-hmm. and the guy like has to scan it with the barcode scanner and then you sign it? They just had a room filled with those scanners and you could just scan things. <laughs> <laughs> How satisfying That's fantastic. Is that? Isn't it? You gotta like zoom out the things with the green parts on the barcode. It beeps so satisfyingly. Oh, that is awesome. That is great. great. Uh, Jesse, now I want to go back to DC. I haven't been there in a couple of years. DC is I I'm I'm a sucker for all that kind of stuff, monuments and museums, and I always wanted yeah. to do the Newseum. What is that? The Museum the news? of News. Ooh. The Newseum, and it's all about broadcast news and uh, uh, journalism and the history of all that. Uh, it's supposed to also be a fantastic. We uh, also experience. passed the the Department of the Interior Museum. Which also sounds like it would be super interesting, like oh, sure. all of the national parks and stuff. Museum. Well, would you look at that? Yeah, I DC's. Like... I was gonna say, I feel like the cool thing about DC is that you could go and just go see museums while you're there, mm-hmm. uh, which is like for weeks. maybe sounds boring, <laughs> but but at the same time, like you would never like go see the two museums and then be like, "What do we do now?" Like you could just go to museums. There's always more. Yeah. <laughs> I will say though the the most boring museum I'd ever been to in DC. It wasn't a museum. What's the building that has the the Declaration of Independence in it? Where you uh, could, where it's on display. Which building is that? Like the Capitol or something? It's, is it the one with the dome? They they're like eight eight of them with the dome in DC. <laughs> um, no, I've, it's not the Library of Congress. It's a different. Anyway, there's a building where they've got the Declaration of Independence and the Bill of Rights, but it's behind National Archives. National Archives, thank you. You mm-hmm. may have seen it in in the uh, documentary uh, National <laughs> Treasure, starring Nicolas Cage. True story. I knew exactly. Where that I know. Was going. You, everyone goes there for that. It's beto- It's so. It's kind of lame because they keep all the lights really low, and there's this big line you have to shuffle through, and it's behind like 18 panes of super bulletproof glass. It's not. It, it's it's pretty boring. I would say that's that's a missed opportunity, but. The rest of DC is fantastic. I, I gotta, I gotta get back there. Well, that's fun though. I have a, I have a serious DC related question. Uh, can you check books out of the Library of Congress? Congress? Like, can you just go there? Is it, can you get a Library of Congress library card? Uh, let's. See. Can you? Are they a clan check? member or whatever the, whatever the, the, the? I think that's not the clue. Clan. Let's no, see. That was. I'm pretty sure that was the acronym for whatever library thing my my library was glo- growing up. It's like a clan card, which sounds ridiculous now that I'm saying it out loud. Clam card. 
No, no, clan, like C L A N. Really? Yeah. Uh, I'm going to have to look it up now. <laughs> Are you sure it's not Clamp Card? Because in Rhode Island, that would make a lot more sense. <laughs> no, but I didn't Fair live point. in the part of Rhode Island. I was nowhere near the ocean. <laughs> in Rhode Island, Maybe. you're never too far from the ocean. Uh, by, by the oh, way, yeah, yeah. to answer it's your... A, oh, go ahead. I was going to... Real-time follow-up on the, the, the clan card. It's like the, the Ocean State Libraries association or something clan card i can't like i I don't know i just searched for it and it came up so i don't know how like i don't oh yeah here i don't know i'm i'm seeing yeah it's a thing that exists it's a dumb idea okay okay (laughs) i never considered it when i was a child Okay, uh, two quick things. One, to answer your question, the Library of Congress is a research library, and books are o- are used only on the premises by members of the public. Anyone age 16 or older may use the collection. Mm. Um, you must obtain a user card at the registration desk. <laughs> and my second point is that, um, and I, I would like to... I would like this individual to comment on Facebook because we had somebody... You know how on Facebook you can react? So you can, you can like it, but you can also ha-ha or... Uh, someone sadded <laughs> our post, uh, an individual by the name of Nancy Miller, and I would the like to know uh, what 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 you're uh, you're sad about, if you don't <laughs> mind sharing, because um, I'm I'm quite curious as uh, as to what we're doing wrong. No pressure. Um, or right, I think people turn to don't panic to like feel stuff, Sean. <laughs> That, well, that's true. It's a, you know this is emotional stuff. DC, you know our nation's cat people love America. You know I'm not going to fault them for that. Um, Colby, did you do anything uh, exciting this weekend? Uh, not in comparison to Dan. No, no. I uh, cleaned my apartment. I vacuumed both the living room and the bedroom. Whoa! Which, which is like I vacuumed the, the the living room. That's that's easy enough. But I was going to say I know the size of your apartment. That must have taken you. i had to move all this i like vacuum behind the furniture oh you did a legit yeah yeah (laughs) like i actually cleaned i like mom level clean not just like college college kids it's a way to do it um the uh i i also started playing uh dragon age inquisition that was the other thing i did this weekend oh oh look at the the look on dan's face that's it's pretty fun. Time. Yeah, the, and the, so next year you'll play The Witcher then. Maybe, yeah. <laughs> okay. I, I I decided I was looking through. I like kind of wanted to play a game, and I was like, oh, it's only twenty dollars now. I guess I'll do that. It has been a couple of years. Yeah. Well, I hope you enjoy it. Thanks. What about you, Sean? What do you do? Well, uh, first of all, thank you, Nancy. She says, must have hit it while multitasking. We accept your apology. That's okay. I'm just, I'm just, kidding. I'm just kidding with you. She's our number one fan. Um, no, uh, this weekend I went outside, which was pretty exciting. Um, and yeah, I went to a state park, saw some uh, wild alligators. So that was pretty neat. They just hang out on the side of the path, and you can get close enough to be hurt. But I didn't, so that was good. There were signs warning me about poisonous snakes. I've never, I'm not used to this much nature, so it was <laughs> off-putting. But I walked five whole miles, so I had a pretty good <laughs> weekend. 
Awesome. I'm still sore from that. That's how out of shape I am. <laughs> um, okay, enough about how terribly out of shape I am, because we have some tech news to discuss, gentlemen. Mm-hmm. And, and the interesting thing is this week we don't have a lot of story quantity, but I think we've got a few stories we can go real deep on. And some I'm excited to talk about. Where would you guys like to start? We've got Nintendo. We've got AT&T and Time Warner. We've got uh, the upcoming Apple event. We've got DDoS. We've got Bill Belichick and his hatred of Surface tablets. I think here are the three I think we should do. Not necessarily in this order. DDoS, Nintendo, and Time Warner. So uh, We can touch on Bill Belichick, though, because that is pretty We'll we'll save that at the end if we have time. You know, I, I, I'm going to be honest with you, okay? Because I thought I really I, I was torn when when picking stories to discuss. I honestly was to the core of my being. Because I try to pick stories that I understand because I figure if I can understand them, everyone can understand them. And I looked at this DNS story <laughs> and I read. At least, like, six different news outlets coverage of it. I read real detailed analysis, and I swear to God, I was, like, back and forth. I still do not entirely understand what this is. Okay. And that's why I didn't include it. But I'm glad you guys feel confident enough. Well, just for background, to this is the interview question I ask uh, candidates uh, when I interview them for software jobs. Is, how does DNS work? I wouldn't uh, get the job. I would not. <laughs> here's the pro tip. Even even experienced software people don't understand how it works. And mm-hmm. the, the, the fun part about that interview question is then you try to figure out how it works together because it's actually pretty complicated. So we could actually spend the entire episode on this. So tell me to shut up when you want me to. <laughs> Gladly. Uh, so you know, you know what a DNS name is. Well, so I was going to say... I feel like I'm one of those people who doesn't actually know how it works. So what if we start with uh, my very dumb understanding of how it works? Okay, so first uh, say th- what a DNS name is, what DNS is, and then exp- and then uh, expound on how you think it works. Sure. So so DNS stands for Domain Name Service, correct? I think um, so. <laughs> I think so, too. This is off to a good start. Um, and so what that means is the um, uh, we all know that to get to a website, uh, we type in that website's domain name, right? So if you want to go to the New York Times, you type in nytimes.com and your browser takes you to, to nytimes.com. Uh, similarly for Facebook or don'tpanic.io. Um, but the problem is that like those are those names are easy for people to remember, but those aren't actually computer locations, right? Um, so, so when, when you tell your browser to go to don'tpanic.io, your browser has to find out where the, the server, the, the computer out there on the network, uh, that hosts the don't panic website actually lives. So, so what it does, it goes and asks this DNS, like domain name service where it can find the computer that hosts don't panic and uh, that the, the DNS server, uh, gives it back a, an, a, like a computer address, like an IP address, which is like, uh, you've probably seen them. They're like 1.0.8.108, blah, 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 blah. Uh, mm-hmm. they look like some, some real hacker shit. Uh, and so I that, guess I that, can just run the interview at this point. <laughs> yeah. So, 
how does your computer know where to get the DNS? Uh, like, how does it know what to, who to ask for that for mm. the number? So I think um, I know. Like in your computer settings, you can set like specific D, like DNS servers. So like you could say. Uh, I know a thing that people do is set set up like Google as their DNS server. So like Google runs a, a domain name server and you can add that to your to your like settings. And so so uh, when your your computer needs to find out where some server lives for some domain name, it'll go ask Google instead of whatever its default is. I'm pretty sure like if you don't have something like that configured, uh, it's probably at the whims of like your isp so it's like yep. through comcast and that's why sometimes depending on who your internet provider is if you type in a website that doesn't exist you might end up on a page that's like a bunch of ads for comcast or something yep uh yeah so then when you make a website I, okay we don't need to get into this <laughs> <laughs> again this is the four dummies version. but actually i think this is informative so so that that uh, explains how you need to care about it from a user perspective. But if you're a person hosting the website, like we host Don't Panic, how do you tell everyone what, how do you as the person hosting the website advertise to everyone what the address of don'tpanic.io is? Mm. So uh, I know having set up. So Sean, you've probably set up websites before, right? I have, but through other, the other people do the work. I, you, you, I'm assuming you've you ever had to buy a domain name and type some IP addresses in. Uh, no, they now do that automatically. Okay. I literally, I kid you not, you literally push a button, <laughs> you type in your, you know, the the Squarespace info, and then they just connect them automatically. It's pretty fantastic. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So I mean, I know, like, uh, for me, like, you buy a domain and you have to set up like. Oh, like a like a record of some sort that uh, points your somehow associates your domain with with the IP address of your server or like Squarespace's server if you if you use Squarespace. Uh, but I have absolutely no idea how like it gets from that website that you type it into like on Hover or GoDaddy or whatever service you use to like the whole internet. Yeah. It's pretty crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I can only imagine. So, uh, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So there are many layers to this and, uh, many websites. So, okay. So, We've talked about what DNS is. We've, do you understand what, what DNS is now, Sean? Yes, actually. that was Colby did a very good job. Okay. Thanks. Uh, so there are many layers to this, as Colby alluded to. There's like your ISP's DNS, which then might talk to a larger service, such as Dyne, which then might talk to other services amongst each other. And if you want to learn more about how this whole resolution process look, works, look up recursive DNS. Uh, but eventually you get to like the canonical representation of the thing. Uh, so this has always been a, uh, unintentional design flaw <laughs> of the internet because if you were able to not take out the ISP, but one of the ones above it, 
if you could if you could take them out, then you would remove a large swath of the internet because everyone would be used to typing in uh, reddit.com and not the reddit.com's IP address. Beyond that, this is some inside baseball. Different DNS providers lock you in with special features. Ha, surprise. Uh, so, for example, the ability to change the IP address that a person gets when they request your name based on where, they're, where they are. So you might be able to say, okay, Sean's in Texas. He's going to request Netflix.com. We're going to give him an IP address in Texas so he can stream his video from there. Whereas Dan's in New York. He's going to get one of our New Jersey data centers. That is all black magic that these DNS providers handle for you. And it's not, it's difficult to share, to have multiple providers if you're a big service when you depend on uh, features like that, which is why so many websites only have one, because they want to do things like that. Uh, so what happened for this DDoS attack was uh, basically all the unsecured uh, publicly-facing uh, hardware you have in your house uh, old game consoles web cameras bathroom scales is that a okay, <laughs> uh, were all simultaneously taken over and used to pour traffic bogus traffic that all these uh, this one specific DNS provider had to deal with which left them unable to deal with legit DNS requests. Uh, yeah. So does that make sense? So okay. So let me let me try it in the 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 simplest version humanly possible, and tell me if I'm wrong here. Okay. DNS is what makes the URL you type into your browser connect to the website. It it is the traffic cop for the internet in some ways. Maybe maybe no. an oversimplification. More it's a like phone. GPS. It's a yeah. phone book. Yes. There you go. Oh, it's yeah. it's a directory. Okay. Got it. So, so uh, I guess some bad guys put a bunch of malware on a ton of internet-connected devices, including ones you wouldn't expect them to be on, because um, those are usually the least secure, uh, because they don't think you have to really secure your wireless bathroom scale. They use those devices to push a shit ton of traffic at DNS providers. Break, one DNS provider. One, so case. it was just all, what, DIN? Is that how you say that? Yeah. DIN? Dine. Dine? I don't know. A, like a very Dine? big DNS provider, yeah. Dine, yes, who does like a ton of people. And because their servers all went down from the overload of traffic, it made it so the the roads and bridges that connected <laughs> the domains to the IP addresses collapse and no traffic could get through. There, is that... Is that no one could look up what the address was. So if you still knew the IP address, you You'd could get fine. there... But nobody yeah. does, so essentially yeah. the websites were as much were basically down, or at least they appeared that way to people. Yes. Correct. I get it. Uh, I get it. Hey! Here are some other fun knock-on effects. Uh, a fun side effect of all this uh, crazy, and people when people change the, the address that DNS resolves to based on geography, it's called geo-affinity. A fun knock-on effect of geo-affinity is in order to have that, the uh, DNS record needs to have a really short time to live or the time that it is cached in any intermediary server, including your computer. Because otherwise, 
you could like move, you could get on a plane, fly to New York, and still be talking to the server in Dallas. Mm-hmm. What that meant, though, was that as soon as all those servers went down, within five minutes, everyone's computers went to go look up the DNS and couldn't. And the DNS is not smart enough to be like, well, if I can't get the new one, I'll use the last one. It just forgets that one. It's like, I don't know what to do. Uh, That's one fun side effect. The other fun side effect is another system besides web browsing and, you know, general network connectivity that is super involved in DNS is email. Uh, so if you've ever set up like custom Gmail domains, you have to set this like MX record in your DNS entries and all this stuff. So like a bunch of emails didn't send. And super fun fact, even if you have Gmail and all of your company, uh, pro tip, Etsy was very much affected by this on Friday, if you couldn't tell. Mm. And like, so everyone within Etsy was sending emails to each other all of Friday morning. No one was getting any of them. Because Gmail, despite the fact that it is the service running all of this, goes out to Etsy.com and asks Etsy.com, hey, I'm sending an email to Etsy.com. How should I send it? Like, what server should I send the email to? And I was like, nope. And despite the fact that it's being sent to Google, they're like, <laughs> nah, can't figure it out. Uh, <laughs> uh, that was really dumb. So, yes, DNS is like the Achilles heel of the Internet. So Also, imagine – okay, I have another doomsday scenario after this. Well, I was just, I was going to give a little more background on what actually occurred Friday, which was that there were, uh, it it happened this past Friday, starting at about 7 a.m. There were three waves of this uh, traffic attack on Dyne, didn't Dyne. Homeland Security is currently investigating, uh, attempting to find out uh, exactly who was behind it. Um, That's. Pretty much all I have to give you, because there's not a lot, you know, we're, they're still learning more about it as we go through, but websites that were affected include Twitter, Netflix, Spotify, Airbnb, Reddit, Etsy, SoundCloud, the New York Times, um, a lot of major uh, websites, primarily on the uh, the East Coast, but then it spread more to the West Coast as uh, the day went on Friday. So everything should be fine now. Go, go ahead, Dan. Uh, here's an even worse scenario. So... Imagine that someone managed to break into Dyne and instead of just take them down, change the DNS records. There's nothing to protect against this. If any of these mid to high level DNS providers were compromised, everyone's traffic would just get sent somewhere else. Uh, and you have no idea, potentially. Unless I, maybe if it was HTTPS, it would be safe, maybe. Uh, but yeah, you could convince anyone that any other website is the one they think they're going to. This is like that daily reminder that, wow, it's kind of crazy that the internet works. <laughs> it is. Yeah. And it works across planets. It, it's, <laughs> it's very fragile. It, it is kind of wacky. Like when you think about how, uh, um, like I feel like, like when you were talking about like the your your Etsy's Gmail being down, like how much like extra work things seem to do. Like th- those like messages were just being sent within Google servers, and like Google knows all the all the addresses of their own servers, but it still <laughs> has to like leave to go um, to to you know like figure out which one to go to. I think that's interesting. 
Um, and I feel like lots of things do that too. Like uh, I think Dropbox and, and other similar sorts of apps have, have gotten better about this in the recent past, but for a long time, if you wanted to share like two files between uh, or share a file between two computers that were both on the same Wi-Fi network, it would have to like upload it to Dropbox and then download it from Dropbox. Uh, even if they were both your computer and they were both right next to each other, like connected to the same Wi-Fi router. Uh, so it's, it's pretty interesting. Yeah. Everything is really interconnected. Yeah. So do you feel like you understand more now, Sean? Oh my goodness! I feel like I well, I, the, the turns out the New York Times is not really good at explaining these kinds of things. <laughs> Dan Miller is good at explaining these kinds of things. So I'm going to just come to you from now on, Dan, and not read the news because that's you should listen to Don't Panic. You should, you know, finally, finally, we're teaching people <laughs> something. We're not just shitting around. I so, so I was inter- I was listening to something that was talking about it on Friday, and they said. I, it must have been NPR because that's the only news I really listened to. Um, and they said something about like this company having an like an intruder or something like that. And I was like, well, not exactly. Um, and by not exactly, I mean not really at all. Like that's just not what happened. Uh, but I, I can, it's definitely confusing. Yeah. So uh, now I just looked it up and I remembered. So. Uh, Dine or Din is a provider for many websites across many different top-level domains. And a top-level domain is like .com, .org. But there is one set of servers for each top-level domain that is responsible for the authoritative records for all .coms, all .orgs, all .computers. Uh, and so th- those are even scarier if they were compromised. Like, yeah, it's crazy. Mm-hmm. Just remember, the internet is not a right. It's a privilege. And it may be taken away by the bad people. <laughs> um, and if there is a takeaway from this, here you go. Here's your, your, your don't panic pro tip of the night. If you have a device that you don't often use or interact with, like a router or a Wi-Fi connected bathroom scale or a smart security camera... Make sure that firmware is up to date and you change the default username and password from admin <laughs> and password. And and that's coming from somebody who has not done it and probably won't, like most people. But that is how <laughs> this was allowed to happen, was out-of-date firmware and default passwords that allowed this malware to be installed without your knowledge. It could be running on my router right now, for all I know. And that's bad. Indeed. That, to could me, was... Because this is not the first denial-of-service attack to happen on a DNS server company. A, this was, I think, I believe the largest or among the largest, but I was more interested in the angle that they used these smart devices to flood traffic. To, and that's the first time I can recall it happening in such a scale. We're talking thousands and thousands and thousands and thousands. Right. Yeah, that that did seem to be pretty novel. Like, I feel like it's pretty common that uh, people do this kind of thing using you know, like laptops with malware on them. Like, you know, we all, we've all ran, uh, Norton antivirus scans and found malware on our, our windows PCs. Um, but now there are so many devices that are tiny little computers and they can do all kinds of things that they weren't necessarily intended to do. Mm -hmm. Uh, if you can get software on them. Well, you know, I will, uh, I'll put a, a pin in the end of this segment by, uh, by mentioning Michael Kurtz on Facebook, who writes, I hate trying to understand how computers work, and sir, I could not agree with you more. 
<laughs> it's confusing. It's one of those, you know, it's like I have a, a co-worker of mine who is a, he's not a doomsday like fanatic, but he is like planning for if there was a doomsday. And he was talking about like how all his family, they have all these skills and they've got all these plans. And like, he was being real detailed about like, oh, if an EMP exploded over the city, we could, you know, our, the, the car wouldn't work. So we'd have to do this. And like, he'd really thought it out. And I'm like, if that happened, I'd be so goddamn useless. Holy crap. I have no <laughs> practical skills. I can't do anything with my hands. I can't. It's, it's. Mm. So, so my, my plan for, for anything disastrous is like that is that I have a bike so I can ride my bike to my parents' house and, and, the, and probably the, nothing the, what bad will be happening. To be there. honest, <laughs> if anyone could figure it out, it's Scott. Let's, let's be honest. Well, I'm like, my, I'm just betting that like, if it's a survivable disaster of some sort, right? Like it, it, it's, it's something short of like a, to, uh, a tsunami destroying Boston or like a, like a nuclear nuclear war or something um, like probably Rhode whatever Island bad is safe. happening is not happening in, in Rhode Northern Island. Rhode Island. Just, just yeah. by odds of geography. Right. right. It's not going to happen there. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure I can bike there in a day and that'll be fine. And also I'm pretty sure that farm is, is the setting for a post-apocalyptic movie. Like, if you just show up there, you're like, this yeah. is where survivors live. Right, right. I buy yeah. that. Um, all right, we're going to continue. Unless you guys have anything else on this, <laughs> I'm glad we had a mini educational moment. Um, yeah. What would you like to talk about next? Hmm. We've got Nintendo. We've got Nintendo. We have to go to something happy now. <laughs> we have to go to Nintendo. Honestly, I think this is really exciting. But first, yeah. we got to tell you about it. So here you okay. go. The Nintendo Switch was announced this week. Um, it, it was previously known as the NX. Now it's the Nintendo Switch and will arrive in March of 2017. It consists of a tablet that sits in a dock uh, that connects to your TV for home playing. Uh, stay with me here. It's, it's very hard to describe. If you haven't seen the video, I recommend going and watching it um, after you're done with the show. Please do not turn us off. Um, it's got a controller and the sides slide off of the controller. All right. They're called joy cons and they're little like mini controllers, right? You take the sides of the big controller and you slide it onto the sides of the tablet. Boom. It's kind of like a, the old, remember the old PS Vita where it had the, the bigger screen with the controls on the side. It's like that, but they're like half joysticks slid onto the tablet and you can play it that way and take it on the go and remove it from the dock and go around you can also use those Joy-Cons not attached to the tablet. So the tablet will have a kickstand. You can put it on a table and use those uh, Joy-Cons as just regular wireless controllers. Um, in addition, you'll be able to get a standalone, more pro controller that doesn't slide apart. Um, games will be distributed on small SD card-like cartridges called game cards, very similar to the Nintendo DS. Um, it's powered by a custom NVIDIA Tegra processor. You may remember that from the NVIDIA Shield that didn't go too far. Um, Nintendo has announced a list of 48 third-party game developers and publishers developing titles for the Switch in addition to new Mario and Zelda titles that will come with it. Um, it's believed to have a six-and-a-half-inch screen, though that hasn't been confirmed. Yeah, so you said you're excited? Um, I have, I have a lot of thoughts on this. Okay. And s most of them are good. This is... this So... I always, anytime I see what I consider a concept video, I know this isn't really a concept video because they are going to launch this. We know that. But they launched it in a video. And it, it reminded me so much of the my favorite example of an over-promise, under-deliver concept video. 
Google Glass. <laughs> Remember when they had guys skydiving out of a blimp wearing these things? They land on the roof, do BMX tricks, go down into the convention center and hand him the... Oh my God. And then the concept video before that, it made it look amazing. Like, I have to have this. And it was a complete letdown. That's what worries me about this is the video makes it look really cool. I like the idea of having it... Um, you're essentially getting two devices in one because you get the tablet device in addition to the full TV experience. And assuming there's enough processing power in the tablet, I think that um, is, a, is a solid choice. That was They kind of half-assed it with the Wii U, so I'm glad to see them pulling through on this one. And I like the idea of um, the ability to pull the controller in and off the side. It's very convertible, easy to take around. You can do the multiplayer and all that. But I just don't get how they make this work. Like, how do developers build a game that play as well on a tablet as they do on a full-screen device without doing a lot of work? How do they make these controllers be smart enough to connect when, when they're slid in, when they're not slid in, when they're working with... I, I, how does the wireless work between them? Is it Wi-Fi? Is it Bluetooth? Because they show them just, you know, you put two tablets near each other and you can play each other. Um, well, I, they, I, that's not... The, okay. That last example, they don't show exactly how it is you play together. But that's like, what I'm saying. Doesn't even Nintendo DS have this now where it shows you other Nintendo DSs around you? Like, I think Nintendo's had that for years. Yes, but... And people do use it. But they showed, like, a specific examples like NBA 2K, and they showed two guy, you know, four guys around two tablets playing. That is, like, a full-featured... That's not like a, a DS game, which is a far lower in quality and in play than a full-featured, legit... Xbox style video game, which requires a, and that's another question. Will this thing have enough power? We know the Nvidia Shield, which used uh, they we believe a similar processor, had pretty legit power behind it. But will it be enough to to power this device? And then my last point, and then I'll let someone else get a word in uh, because <laughs> I'm polite, um, is that lastly, do people want to carry around a separate device? Now, the the reason I believe the DS has been so successful, and it has, no debate about it, DS has been extremely successful for Nintendo, is that it's for a younger set. I don't know anyone over the age of, well, say 15, who has a Nintendo DS. I'm not saying that it's impossible. Brian McMillan. I'm not, <laughs> I, he is more the outlier than the rule. I'm just going to put that out. He owns well, every you piece just, of video. You just said, though, you just said, I don't know anyone over the age of 15 who has a Nintendo DS. But and, let's be honest. He's really a kid does. at heart. He's really a well, kid at heart. Not... That, no, that does count. I'm never wrong. Listen, <laughs> okay. my, 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 my point is this. I don't know who... I just don't see... I'm trying to figure out how I want to describe this. I don't know who wants to carry around a big seven-inch tablet to play games on. Like, people already have their phones, and I get that it's going to be really cool and have, like, legit games, and it's like having a portable Xbox. That's great and all. But who is this for? I don't, okay. Okay, there. My point is... <laughs> See, to your original questions, I'll get back to that one. I don't a think lot of the them. controller question is that hard to solve. Uh, like... If it's paired over, imagine it's paired over Bluetooth. It can tell when it's connected to the thing and when it's not. It can tell when it's connected to like the other controllers. So I think the configurations they showed were on the tablet, the two things combined into one like good like you know full-handed, two-handed controller, and then you could split them into two single-handed or two kind of cramped double-handed controllers. 
I think with just like magnets and a gyroscope, is that what they call that? Yep. You could you could figure that stuff out pretty easily. Uh, the latency bit, like I think Bluetooth is a perfectly fine latency for almost anyone who plays video games. Uh, and even, I think, I don't, I, I am curious, I don't know what uh, technology Nintendo uses for the like local play where you can walk around at the DS and just see someone and, and interact with them. Like I know Pokemon has done this, but Pokemon is, again, like you said, not necessarily latency uh, intensive. But I think it's it's certainly possible. Like, would if you're only concerned about playing someone locally, you can actually do much better than you can over the best case on the internet, mm-hmm. uh, because you don't have all these intermediary servers to worry about uh, weird like internet problems, like we saw on Friday. Yeah. Uh, well, like, so it could actually be much better. Just talk. Right. Yeah. Um, uh, I have a. This is sort of a tangential question, but like, what do you? Uh, like PS4 controllers or Xbox 360 controllers, what did those use for? Like, how do those connect to? Like, most Bluetooth. of them are wireless. Connect a PS4 right. controller to your to your Mac. Oh right, I guess I did know that. But so, I think, so those are all Bluetooth. Okay, well now I'm all right, and this is probably me talking out of turn because I don't know. But I thought um, Xbox was moving to Wi-Fi Direct. Oh, mm. it could be. Yeah, I I, it's it's Bluetooth and Wi-Fi Connect, and I think they're going to move to Wi-Fi Direct because that's uh, faster than Bluetooth. Gotcha. Uh, uh, did the um, did the like little controller things? I see that you can split them apart and pl- two people can play. But like, yep. could you play like just with one in each hand, like yep. the full controller, but not attach? Yeah. Why don't more things like why aren't all controllers like that? But that's what I'm saying. <laughs> I'm so suspicious that's not gonna work. Like my brain is like all this sliding and stuff. Like it's not how I, I feel like that's the easy part. Sean. Oh, see, the it's easy coming part from an is engineer. For each of those things to be able to figure out because there's only two questions that needs to answer. Am I connected? to something and then if so is it the the screen or another one of myself and how am i being held dan this is the difference right because you're the engineer and you're like oh engineering wise this isn't a hard chance and i'm the marketing guy and i'm like i don't get how i sell this to people this is confusing <laughs> they this got all seems these little, impossible you're gonna have a million accessories you're gonna lose all of them because you got all these little joy cons you're sliding in and out of everything it's well better than the uh, uh, apple's problem with the pencil and with the lightning to headphone dongle that's true uh, yeah um, so but clearly they are doing a good job marketing because we're all everyone was talking about it last week and we're talking about it this week and what i like about it is it is different it is radically different if nintendo had just like the wii was radical in the shittiest way possible i'm sorry well, i will i know some people was, like the was wii. okay but I hate the, the Wii. Look, and notice how there is no motion controller anymore anywhere in <laughs> Nintendo for like a zillion miles. Do we know that those, when you split it into singles, is that not a motion controller? Um, we well, sure, but technically uh, the PlayStation controller has a accelerometer in it. I mean, it, right. it depends. I, are they going to use it to play tennis? I don't know. You know, as a, as motion as a primary input. It's the same way Connect. really no one, you know, that, that was a phase. And that's fine. Hey. But I like that this is this plays games like that was the biggest that was the Wii's biggest problem. You couldn't get NBA 2K on that because because you had the weird controllers or or the developers never got behind it. That's what is 
going to, I think, make or break this. I don't think there's anything wrong with this. I think if you just left the tablet in the dock plugged into your TV, it'd probably make a great console like an Xbox or a PlayStation. Like, at minimum, you have a competent gaming machine, which is something you didn't have with the Wii U. If it has the games, it's got to have the games. And Mario and Zelda are not enough to sell this thing. Uh, if they've got to have every Call of Duty on launch day. They've got to have every uh, Skyrim. <laughs> every they gotta have, well, <laughs> there's a new one every six months, Dan. I can't keep track. Um... They, they've got to be very comp- – they have to have a robust online community where you can play against other people, which is something they've really struggled with in the past. I think this solves some of their problems. I think this gives them hardware legitimacy. I'd like to see this. Can you play Netflix on this? Yeah, right? Because uh, I'm so not going to gonna travel to with it. Yes. Other original question. Yeah. Like, w- will people actually use this? I think, like, if I had one of these, I wouldn't take it on the train with me. Because that's only like an hour a day. Like it is big. It's not worth it. It's something I could take on like weekend trips easily. Whereas mm-hmm. right now I don't like I just take my phone. I'm not gonna drag my PlayStation or even my laptop, frankly, on on a weekend trip. Whereas this you could just shove it in the bag. And you could even play it with people like on the train or on the plane or at home. Like it would be a it would be a thing. It, it could be like a communal device as well. Sure. So I think there's a lot of room for between the phone and something that is permanently attached to your TV. Yeah. I th- so In the same way that an iPad can exist. But, like, but do you well, carry like this an and an iPad, right? Because really the only difference is, is the style of games you can play. Well, it's, well, it's I think it depends the dedication to games. Well, right. If you're, but then again, how? Again, I'm thinking as a marketer, how do you get to the widest audience possible? I, I think well, the like hardcore. Some trips you're going bare bones, right? In which case, maybe just bring your iPad. But some trips, I bring like two board games with me too. And if I'm gonna do that, yeah. What? If you're going on? If you're going to like hang out with friends, you've never brought board games with you. No, I have, but right. So, that's so you like, bring your not... Switch with you. Right, and it could be it could be like a, it could be a communal thing, which is. Something that video games have had a hard time with. If you're not attached to a TV, video games are typically not communal at all. But again, then the software has to make it really easy for your Switch yes. to talk to my Switch. It's got to be easy to connect to Wi-Fi. It's got to be easy to, to connect. If you have extra uh, Joy-Con controllers, they have to easily connect to mine. That is important. If they can hit that experience, I think, I think this is going to... If this works... I think it's going to end up being one of those we didn't... It's going to be used... Almost like the iPad. Remember when the iPad came out and we're like, all right, we see why people would want this, but we didn't actually realize how many ways there were to use an iPad or how people would use an iPad? We're like, okay, it might be cool to surf the web on it. We're like, no, but people are drawing on it. People are reading books on it. People are... I think the Switch might end up being a little bit like that if it works, where you know, it's good at playing games, but you're right, Dan. It's going to be... Dude, everyone bring over your Switch. We're going to have a big thing. Or, like, it's stuff we can't even think of yet. I think I that's what... my Switch. We can play this game that you can just, like, you don't even need a controller. Uh, or you can just pass the controller around. Or you can use your phone. When you have such a versatile device, and that's why I like one upside of having this sort of slide-on, slide-on detachment, is they can come out with different attachments for different oh, yeah, games was, or different I, experiences. I saw that mock-up, yeah. Yeah, that was and, an interesting idea. and they're already working on ideas for that. So... I think there's a lot of I'm again, I think the hardware is very exciting. And I'm very now the price point is going to be a big question mark. Do we want to take any guesses where this is going mm-hmm. to land in terms of price? $400. Mm. With like 
Yeah. All all bells and whistles included. Oh, all bells and whistles. Which is the only well, way you'll be able to. Yeah, I mean, I would assume you get the, the, the Switch tablet, you get the dock, you get the Joy-Con controller with the slide-offs. Yeah. And maybe a Zelda or Mario game thrown in. Yeah. For $400? I think it has to be less than that. Because they're not going to have any games when it comes out. Well, neither did the PlayStation. They sold it for $400. Yeah, but, like, it was coming. And now everyone has a PlayStation. Like, I don't think it's... Well, I I don't think this thing is going to be competitive on, like, graphics and performance. And you bring up an interesting point. kind of will, though. Like, they show you playing, like... Well, I don't... I haven't read into it. We'd have to see. Unlike other Nintendo announcements i remember reading about in the past like this one they showed like uh like they had like skyrim or something like they showed other games absolutely full feature so i think and i think that was the downside with the wii Wii U, where they're like oh you just make a different kind of game it's like yeah this is the better approach where like it enables a different kind of game that is frankly for a lot of people probably more fun than skyrim but it can also play skyrim on a tv well, that's what it is. It makes video gaming, it makes real video gaming more accessible because you either have to have a thousand dollar giant PC or you have to have this big box connected to your TV with a giant fan and a big power brick. This is, and this is what the Nvidia Shield was promising: was like we can get you real gaming that's versatile and on the go, and you know we have the technology now; we can do it. My my question I was thinking of is: how many people who buy this already own an Xbox or a PlayStation? Uh, that's a good question because I, a <laughs> if if they're just reselling to that audience i don't think it's a success for them because this is so different there i think there's an expectation they expand that market but i'm wondering if i like i'm somebody who doesn't own one of those and i'm looking at a video game console i'm seeing more value out of nintendo assuming they have an, a nearly identical games lineup because i'm seeing a multi-use device that you don't see with these other with xbox or playstation See, I think the I think there is bound to be some trade-off in the portability versus like performance stuff. Like I don't think this thing is going to really compete with an Xbox or a PlayStation, especially oh, yeah, not, not when it's plugged into a TV and UHD and none of that. No, 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 no. Right. Right. Um so I don't know. I, like I that I guess that's that's why I feel like it just needs to be less expensive. I would say any more than three hundred dollars, and they've lost. And I I say they put it out at two forty nine, and and blow the roof off the thing, and I think they sell a lot of them. That that's that's my projection. Uh, but again, I I got to see the games lineup, I got to see the price, and I got to see what the software can actually do in terms of connectivity, in terms of apps, in terms of uh, wireless, in terms of all those things. The software has to has to be good, or this thing's just a really nice shiny thing you leave on your counter and never use. <laughs> like most technology I buy. But right. I'm interested. I might buy one. This is the kind of thing, as, somebody who, as someone who's not like a serious gamer, intrigues me, because it is different. And it's not something I've seen before, so... I don't know. It does seem like a cool idea. I look forward to playing around with one. <laughs> I'll I'll end up taking the Nintendo challenge, won't I? 
Wouldn't be the worst thing. I've, I've been itching to buy something new, so maybe by March I'll I'll get around to doing it. <laughs> um, well, we're running sh- a little short on time, but it's our show, so we can go long if we want. Um, if there's something you guys want to talk about with AT&T and Time Warner, if you have any thoughts on that, uh, very quickly, uh, this weekend it was announced that AT&T has reached a deal to acquire Time Warner for more than $80 billion. Important to note, this is not Time Warner Cable. Those are separate Completely separate companies. They spun them off years ago. This is purely the media entity, Time Warner, which includes HBO, Warner Brothers Entertainment, CNN, DC Comics, um, uh, cable channels, TBS, TNT, uh, a whole bunch of kind of media stuff, some magazines, some stuff they've collected over the years um, for $85 billion. AT&T previously acquired yeah. DirecTV last year for $48.5 billion. What? Uh, <sighs> so AT&T is becoming a, a monopoly again. Honestly, I mean, they've acquired most of the companies they originally spin off when they broke up, and, uh, and now they're acquiring more me- media, but, you know, Comcast owns NBC Universal. Um, so 20th Century Fox. Well, no, they don't own any... Any distribution. Yeah, it's really just Comcast NBC would be their kind of notable rival in that space. Oh, Verizon owning Yahoo and AOL. Well, AOL. We'll see if they end up actually buying Yahoo. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm still recovering from not realizing that it's not Time Warner. <laughs> <laughs> well, no. Because actually, it would be it would be extremely because Time Warner merged with um was it Charter a year or two ago when was that I can't keep track they they do this all the time yeah right. um no what's interesting about this is like it is like Comcast and like Verizon they're creating a you know it's vertical integration See, right. I'm, I'm getting getting my business points in tonight uh it's vertical integration and they're and they're trying to to diversify um their holdings I mean that's really that's that's really kind of the point i don't think att is expecting to make a ton of money off of time warner although they are profitable um but it's really just more a question of you know we already own the pipes why don't we own what goes through them mm. and in the event our pipes end up you know think of think of people who used to own you know landline companies had to move into other areas because the, the technology went away what happens when mobile moves on to something else they want to make sure they're diversified and ahead of the curve and and media is not really going anywhere so that's really the the story. Yeah, it's I don't know why, but it's so depressing. Well, <laughs> you know that's you know what kind of bums me out is it doesn't have to be. It doesn't have to be because if these companies were just responsible with what they bought, it really wouldn't be a problem. I don't see any reason why AT and T couldn't own them if they merely just owned them and kept them at arm's length and basically left them alone. And merely mm-hmm. just took a cut of the profits every month because they're the owners. Like, I don't genuinely see any profit with that. It, it's just diversifying. Now, the problem comes in is when they say, well, HBO doesn't count towards your AT&T data cap. And, oh, CNN, we don't want you to say any bad stories about AT&T. And, you know, that's when things start to get fuzzy and they're a problem. But I, genuinely, I don't see a problem. I think Comcast and NBC, while not perfect, has been a decent... We haven't really seen any kind of big scandal or issue out of um, out of those two companies having merged, same with same with Verizon and, and AOL. Um, 
Although you could make the argument that Verizon's Go60 app, which uses AOL content, doesn't count towards data caps and could be a violation of net neutrality. But <laughs> other than that, it's been perfect. <laughs> if you just ignore that, it's it's fine. So, I mean, hey, as long as it means these things are sticking around, I I don't. Regulators aren't going to listen. You guys think the regulators are going to let this go through? I think, yeah, but it, that it doesn't have the internet business included with it, then I think it's fine. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Yeah, probably. It doesn't seem as bad. Also, it sounds like other things that have happened recently. So It's kind of hard for the government to say no when they let these other ones go through. You know, right. they kind of create... The, now, the one thing they did do is they put a lot of rules on Comcast when they bought NBC. A lot mm. of... You know, you can't do this for so many years, and you can't. So, I would expect there to be a lot of restrictions on this, but I, I agree. I think, I think this will probably go through. You're right; it's not. There's a reason why the government kind of shut down. Uh, was it Comcast and Time Warner, and then ended up being Time Warner Charter? But I think that's why they uh, they shut that down because that is kind of a monopoly. In this case, it's really more diversification. So they're not. They're not. It's not a media company buying another media company. They're. It's really semi different businesses, as long as they treat it that way. I don't see it as the end of the world. All right. I think all we are, right. All right. All right. We are out of time. Uh, I do want to mention a couple quick things before we get to picks. Next week is going to be an exciting episode of Don't Panic because on the 27th, this week, Thursday, there is an Apple event, a Mac event. We're going to get some new Macintosh computers. <laughs> um, and oh, so we'll have full coverage next Monday. And then next week is Microsoft's Surface event, and we'll have coverage the following week. So we've got, um, and there's also, there's there's another announcement I'm not thinking of too. This is the time of year, uh, late October, early November, where they all the all the Christmas stuff starts The most out. wonderful time of the year. The most wonderful, well, for technology, you bet. So you're going to want to stick to this show to get full coverage. The insight you can get everywhere else, but also here. Um, let's get into picks and, um, we will start with Colby. Okay. What do you got for uh, us? My pick is a, an episode of the PBS great performances documentary series. Um, and their, their, their most, most recent one is called Hamilton's America. And it's, it's about you, as you might guess, uh, Hamilton, the musical. Uh, but it goes through like, I guess they were kind of following uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda like as he was like in the process of writing Hamilton and it goes through the show and there's all members from the cast and they go like visit uh, historical sites and they talk about the music and the music's in the in the documentary Uh, and it was it was thoroughly enjoyable. So I'd I'd recommend that. And it's it's PBS. So I'm pretty sure you can just watch it anytime, anywhere. Um, There is nothing standing in your way. Awesome. Yeah, Hamilton's America. Check it out, pbs.org. But the uh, sort of specific link will be on our website at don'tpanic.io. I'm going to jump in here and go next because I have an application uh, for your phone. And this one is a uh, this one's a fun one. Um, I don't usually know me. I'm not a big mobile gamer. I don't really play mobile games. So um, I saw this one go by and it seemed right up my alley. It's called Mini Metro. And it is an uh, it's a game where you essentially have to build a metro map, and so stations pop up, and you have to connect them and keep trains running. If it sounds familiar, it's because there's a lot of games that use a similar mechanic. Um, 
but I like this one just because it is very simple and it is uh, uh, deceptively difficult is how I would describe it. You think it's easy. And the other thing too, and it's a little bit of a spoiler, not really, because they just don't make it clear up front, but you actually end up, they actually give you the, the sort of geography map that you build it on is of actual cities and they just erase the metro and you kind of have to rebuild them. <laughs> and it turns out you do a much shittier job than the people who actually did it for real. So, um, <laughs> it depends on the city. You can't do much worse than San Francisco. That's I blew up London pretty good when I played it. So um, so that was a lot of fun. It's mini metro. It is, um, by the way, I realized this the other day, I never buy apps for money. This was the first time I could remember in a long time I actually paid money for an app. Uh, it's $4.99 on the App Store for iPhone, iPad. You can also get it on Android, and you can also play it for free in your browser um, as well, if that interests you. Um, it is Mini Metro, and the link will be on our website. It's $9.99 on Steam as well. It's a lot of fun. Dan, you've got yeah. you've got uh, more another stuff. another thing I use occasionally, but when I do use it, I really enjoy using it. Oh, so pretty. is yeah, this toiletry bag I got in Etsy. It's a leather toiletry bag. Uh, stop putting your toothpaste and your shaving accessories in a plastic bag when you put it in your carry-on. Put it in something that makes you feel awesome. <laughs> that's all I'm going to say look on Etsy for toiletry bags I put one in it's not the exact one I had because the one I have is no longer sold uh, but it's still pretty good I imagine I bet it's good that's my recommendation <laughs> <laughs> it does look cool it's five stars so people people seem pretty happy that's one thing Dan can I make a complaint about Etsy and I know you'll handle it personally yeah why do when I look at the reviews, it shows me all the products that that store sells, not the one I'm looking at? Because often you want another reason. <laughs> no, and I'm sure I could guess. I'm sure I could guess. I'm just saying it's annoying. Yeah, I mean, that's it's, the and problem. it's because items cycle in and out so often, isn't it? Right. So you can't get any scale with any one so item. You need to be able to give some trust signal to the buyer, but. Uh, sometimes that's a one-of-a-kind item, so you'll never, ever have any reviews exactly. for it at all. No, you're right. So. I, maybe what I just need is there to like indicate that it, the store is five stars. No, but you're right. And I guess you just learned that after using the site. I always just forget that, and I'm like, oh, people really love this bag. And I'm like, no, they like all of this stuff. <laughs> but all this guy's stuff look good. Okay. Anyway, you can get the link. To, that link to that specific bag will be on the site. But as Dan said, just go to Etsy. They got all kinds of stuff. Yeah. When, when they're up and running, and you can go to Etsy.com. Um, too soon (laughs) I'm breaking hearts alright gentlemen anything else before we uh, we wrap up this evening this was a good one I agree this was a good one this one was a winner we covered a lot of ground it was uh, it was quite good um i'll do a couple things here one thanks everybody who watched live we had viewers both on twitch and on facebook we appreciate it um if you want to watch live monday nights 10 p.m eastern 9 p.m central at facebook.com slash don't panic show i don't know if we'll simul stream next week but this was more of a test but it will always be on facebook because we get the most viewers there so we'll definitely be there check us out monday nights um i do want to plug later this week it's not up yet but it will be in the next couple days but you should just go and subscribe gamenights.tv we've got new updates to our dungeons and dragons side quest dungeon master dan has got us um doing some pretty awful things to the poor people (laughs) who work at the bank who are just trying to get through their day and do their jobs and we're getting them drunk 
and we're stabbing them and it's not going well. So you're going to want to listen. It's pretty fantastic. GameNights.tv. Go there, subscribe wherever you get podcasts, and you'll get the new episode when it goes up this week. As for this show, don'tpanic.io is our website. Go there. All the episodes, audio, video, and, of course, picks on every episode are there on that site. And, of course, you'll get links there where to subscribe. We're on all the major platforms, all the major sites, iTunes, Stitcher, you name it, we're probably there. Also, video on YouTube looks great uh, in HD. And, of course, you should follow us at Don't Panic Show on Twitter. Um for updates from the show. And of course, lastly, don't panic show at gmail.com. If you've got thoughts or feedback, we'll talk about it on the show next week. Make sure you come back. We'll have full Apple coverage next Monday night um, here on the show. Hear all about the new Macs. Um, and I have a sneaking suspicion they're probably similar to the old Macs, except faster. But who knows? You'll have to tune in and find out. Uh, on behalf of Colby and Dan, I am Sean, thanking you for joining us and hoping we'll see you next time for even more tech news here on Don't Panic. <laughs>